Hey guys, back to the uh, another hour for the chicken and liquor hour. I have a very special guest today. Uh, I got my mama in the building, mom Dukes in the building. Say what's up, mama. What's up, mama? Okay, I said say <laughs> anyways. So uh, mom Dukes is in the building. Uh, we was talking about what we talking food and music and change and all of that stuff. Um, but we talking about music. No, she said she wants to talk about food. Yes. And hey, everybody who's listening. Uh, I told my son that I wanted to talk about food, but I also wanted to talk about music and uh, food first. So here visiting my son and my daughter and her son and, and my son-in-law. And I got my grandbaby right now. Yeah, I might hear him in the background. Yeah, you probably will. But uh, how important family is to me. So this holiday season, we've had a nice time together. But food, my son is just, he's a chef. And so he's cooked for me two or three times this week. And before me sits a plate of, well, it's dead now. (laughs) It's a graveyard. But uh, sauteed asparagus, uh, brown rice, and a chicken wing. And she can't eat more than one chicken wing. Yeah, and I don't like them big. I like them small. But the food was delicious and topped off with a glass of Chardonnay. And I like good food. I go out to eat with friends quite often. We like good food. We like good drinks. And so my son has turned into quite a chef, and I'm pretty proud of him. And if I'm spending my money on it, it better be good. And if it's not good, I will send it back. Tell him about the wings I made yesterday. So yesterday, yesterday, my son brings me some wings over. And one of them in particular caught my uh, taste buds. And it was a Cajun wing Cajun with mango. Cajun mango wing. And I bit into that. And it was a big wing, but I bit into it anyway. And that mango sauce that he had, it was just, mm, just the right taste. Ladies, listen to her. And I'm going to tell you, whenever that woman finds uh, comes along into his life, she's going to be really happy mm-hmm. because a man in the kitchen that can cook, it's a turn on for women. But I will have to say that the food has been good. And the day before, he brought me some fish that was baked. Oh, yeah. yeah. And some brown rice, broccoli that was sauteed. And I don't food with shrimp too much. But the shrimp was sauteed, uh, seasoned very well. So I just want to say uh, thumbs up, two thumbs up uh, to my son. Real Shout good. Out. I'll be out here cooking. Cooking is a creative outlet for me. And I'm going to cook for people that I love. That's For me, I feel like as a gift, cooking for people can be a gift. It is a gift. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Uh, Old folks always said uh, the best way to a man is through his stomach. But the big thing about it is most people like good food. They want it to taste good. Uh, And right now, Will's in the kitchen and I'm on the other side sitting at the bar. But people like to gather in the kitchen around the food. Especially black folks. You know, at all the house parties, all the black people congregate to the kitchen. Yeah. And it's good company. It Mm. feels good. It's family. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I got a homeboy back in Florida who uh, had a missus wedding, 
And as a gift for him and his wife, I decided to just cook them dinner one night, have some drinking games. And dinner. Oh, y'all, he's crying. He's running out of his food, oh, which is milk. Ran, he ran out of his food. He's about to wild out, y'all. Um, the baby's good, y'all. Baby's good. He had good food and it ran out. So I had to get his pacifier to supplement. No, speaking of babies, I told my sister that I won't be able to babysit by myself until he's... First, I said one. <laughs> I did move it up to... I, I said six months, but you know, I think I had to move it back to eight months. Because he's five months now. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm realizing I'm not ready by myself for six months to... Mm-mm. When Janae got out the car and went into Target and he started crying and I had to sit in the car for 15 minutes, that was enough for me. I'm and if you all heard that that noise that sound like a burp, he just burped. Yeah. And he's staring at me too. Anyone yeah. who follows me on social media knows he just stares a hole through me. <laughs> and when he gets older, he's gonna get these hands at some point. But he's true boy. And he's looking okay. at his uncle Willie right now with a smile on his face. I don't trust him. <laughs> so um, I think I might have to just adopt a kid about 15. <laughs> because I... Will always said that with his children, when they got up in the morning, he would whoop them in the morning for the rest of the day. <laughs> I did. So, you, know, you give them a whooping on Sunday night to prepare them for the week to let them know that we are not messing around when we get throughout this week. They're not getting in trouble at school. And so I know if I give them a whooping every Sunday night, then we good for the week. And I never had to do that because I will say that Will and Janae were good kids. And I think I can't even remember a time where I ever had to whoop Janae, whoop Will. That's but, probably because she left it to daddy to give me a whooping early on. But I used to tell your daddy, <laughs> no, wait a minute, because we're not running a, a Westport Academy for the military. And with Janae, well, my mother look always did it. So... And I think we'll learn, well, Janae got in trouble for that, so I just won't do that. I was scared enough. I mean, like they always say, the look from your mother or your father, that was good enough. I, I tell people all the time, do you remember this story? When I was in, I think, sixth grade in language arts class, Miss Collier, and I remember that one day randomly you just showed up and you sat in class. It was sixth grade <laughs> at the end of the day, and you just sat there in class, and I remember how um, I wasn't expecting you to be there. Obviously, you and Miss Collier had this little side plan <laughs> that you have put together to finesse me. And I remember I looked up, you was at the door, and I just started sweating. My heart was racing because I remember I was turned around joking with all the class. My hands was up. I'm like, ha, ha. And then I remember a couple of my friends knew who you were, and they just pointed to the door. <laughs> and I'm like, what are y'all talking Turn around. There you are. And I used to do that a lot of times with both Janae and Will because I always felt like that uh, and not putting uh, a slight to other parents, but because the job I had in, I was free and I was mobile. So I was always out and about. So I knew my son was good, but he was a clown and I knew that he was clowning in the classroom. So I would stop by quite often just to make sure that everything was going well. She stopped by. For him and for Janae. Uh, I'll never forget that day. It was toward the end of the year in sixth grade, too. And I remember you sat down in the class. Because we did. had about 20 minutes left before the bell rang. And she sits down in everything in the classroom. And, of course, since she's there, my teacher wants to start asking me all the questions. But any other time, <laughs> she would go around the class. And then I'm nervous. I couldn't get anything right. I was so scared and sweating. 
And I remember when the bell rung and uh, everybody got up to leave. He said, you sit right there. And I, everybody left. And I remember you looked at me and said, you better take that jacket off because it's about to get real hot. <laughs> and I just remember looking at my teacher. She's like, hey, we got him now. <laughs> I was so scared. And I remember looking up, seeing like, while y'all while y'all talking, my friends are at the door laughing, pointing at me. Ha ha, you getting in trouble. <laughs> and one big thing, every time, if I had like some kind of conference like that with the teacher, and I will be telling what happened. I'm like, and she did this, she did that. You will always say, first of all, her name is a she. That's right. It's Miss Collier. It's Miss Bright. That's right. And but I'll never forget that day. And so yes, my mother used to pop up. I remember I was selling. I used to make beats in high school, and I was selling some of my beat CDs and mixes to people. And one of the random teachers pulled me by my shirt. It was like just telling me I had to stop and all that. And Ryan, my friend Ryan, called my mother to tell her. Some teacher just pulled Will by his shirt. <laughs> I didn't know this at all. My mother just popped up within 15 minutes because we lived around the corner from the school at the time, mm -hmm. too. And she just popped up in 15 minutes letting them know. And that same day, the principal, me, you, me, mama, my sister, and the principal ended up praying in the Together hallway. Together in the hallway. We sure did. This white woman. Yes. And uh, and I remember her name, but I just won't mention it. Uh, Dr. Green Green Lee. Green Lee. Greenlee. Dr. Greenlee. But I will say that uh, I did not uh, allow my children to go into the school and be disrespectful to the teachers. I didn't care about the race or anything like that. But I always told my kids, just go in, do what you got to do and let them act a fool. But don't give them any ammunition to use against you. I'll take care of the yeah. rest. And so, yeah, we did. And I went over because the teacher told me that Will was, he will not be graduating. And I said, yes, he is. And I went to find the principal and I was on a crutch as well sure because was. I had been in a car accident. Yep. And uh, she said to me, Miss, uh, Miss Thomas, don't you worry about it. Will will be graduating and everything worked out. But yeah, because she, I don't think because that teacher just randomly said I wasn't going to be graduating, didn't even know me or yeah. anything. Dr. Greenlee was pretty cool, though. Yeah. And but I think because you and Janae popped up. We sure did. Because Janae was in college at the time. She so was she home. was already home for school. And we had like another two weeks left in the semester. And I'm telling you, y'all, my mama will pop up at the school on the school bus. She'd pop up on that school bus with her hair wrapped, <laughs> going outside. And y'all need to listen. Y'all need to give this bus y'all respect. Y'all better not be yelling and cussing when she's trying to talk. Y'all shut up, man. <laughs> and no, I was not Medea, no. but I did walk down that road. Yep. But I did. I would tell them to sit down, to shut up. They better respect the teacher. And I said, I'm not going to put up with you all acting the way you guys are acting. Because my son was on that bus, too. So I made friends with his principals when he was in school. She would give my teacher's counselor her phone number. Anytime we'll X up, don't hesitate to call me. And I, I remember one time my uh, belt had tore and <laughs> one of the assistant principals or counselor, I can't remember, Miss Payne, I couldn't stand her. And, <laughs> which is funny. She told me and my ex-girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time, y'all might as well go ahead and break up now because y'all not going to make it through college because no one makes it through, which this woman had never been married in her life. But she knew a little bit she was talking about, but we did make it through college. <laughs> we made it to grad school. Thank you, Miss Payne. Anyways. <laughs> I was walking through there and my belt had tore somehow. So my pants was kind of sagging and she saw me immediately. Do I need to call Minister Rose <laughs> right now to tell her that you're sagging? I'm like, my belt just tore. It's not that serious. Do I need to tell her you're talking back? I said, I'm not talking back. But they all had my mother's cell phone number. 
And they would give her a call. And more importantly, they knew I knew my children. So if a teacher said, well, you know, Will just was very disrespectful to me. And I would say, how? And she said, the teacher said, because he keeps saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And I said, that's not disrespectful. That's the way I've raised my children. So I knew what my kids would do and what they wouldn't do. Yeah, because if they called and said that he's joking around too much, then she knew. Right. Or he's talking back. And then she kind of, she depending on what I would say, you would know that right. if it was for real or not. But I will tell you all, he had taken his glasses off and laid them on his desk. And he came home with no glasses. Someone stole them. And he said, well, that didn't make sense because it's my prescription. But back then, they were popping out the lens and they were just putting plain prescriptions <laughs> in. So, you know, you, you live and learn. And that's what I tell them all the time. I remember in eighth grade that the principal called me to the office and said that I was wearing gang attire because I had different colored shoestrings in my shoes. And, and I had, had to come over there for that. Yep. At JCTMS. I lived at JCTMS. I lived at Seneca High School. Because Janae went to TMS. I yes. was TMS. Janae went to Seneca. Mm -hmm. I went to Seneca. Janae went to Mail. I went to Mail. And I was at Mail High School <laughs> as well. Uh, they knew uh, then Miss Thomas, who later became Miss Rhodes. They knew me. One time I called my daughter, uh, I called her school. And the night before we had went to Bible study and we were on our way home. And Janae said something smart, but my reaction to her was truly uh, disrespectful and God was not pleased with it. So the next morning I called the school and the secretary answered and I identified myself. I said, this is Mrs. Rhodes and I need to speak with Janae. And she said, well, Miss Rhodes, we're not in the habit of calling students down out of the classroom. No, I said, well, I didn't ask for you to call the students. I asked for you to call my daughter down. So I always feel like as parents that, yes, we have to parent our children, but we always have to make sure that we are upfront and we are honest and that we, too, apologize to our children when we're wrong. I put Will out of the car one day because he said, you don't care nothing about me. And I put him out of the car and made him walk that. to the apartment. He was 13. And For, Look, y'all, one thing y'all got to learn from my mother, whatever story she tells about me, I was 13, no matter what. I could have been two. I could have been 21. I could have been 30. I was 13, no matter what. And he, I, according to her, I stopped believing in Santa Claus when I was 13. I learned how to tie my shoes when I was 13. I had my first girlfriend when I was 13. I started staying home by myself when I was 13. Everything. Well, you I'm guys. my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when I was 13. He was 13. And he said to me, you didn't even care about me. He said, anybody could have snatched me. And he was 13. I said, ain't nobody going to snatch you. They would bring you back. To but me. I said, you know, black parents, whenever somebody's my kid, nobody wants to do right. send you right back. Right. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Black parents didn't care about their kids getting kidnapped back in the 90s. So somebody, uh, do you Look, all hear? Who's crying? This is V3. He is the third. And yes, he is. He is sleepy. He has been up most of the day. And uh, he right now is decided to spit up all over his grandmother, but nothing new and nothing that I can't handle. Speaking of V3, when you first had Janae, what's the hardest thing about adapting to having a baby and not having a baby before? How was you, how were you and Pops when y'all had Janae? We were 25 
And your father and I are, uh, we're four months apart and he's older. And so, because I used to babysit a lot and I had a lot of nieces and nephews, um, so I was pretty much acquainted. However, it's different when it's your own. And um, so, Janae was born October the 23rd and uh, you and Janae are three years and five months apart. So... For the people who can't count, that's three and a half years. <laughs> it's, well, <laughs> and uh, so... I, I've always enjoyed being a mother. I enjoyed being a mother. Her dad stayed home with her her first three months of life. Uh, and I was working and uh, I just enjoyed being a mother. And then I was I wanted another child. Uh, you know, sometimes men do, too, but they want to move slower than we do. And we getting older. But were you, were you scared at all to tell your mother, or brothers, siblings, anything about you being pregnant? Actually, I got pregnant with Janae before uh, her daddy and I got married. We got married in December and I had her in October. So I was, and I was 25 years old, but because of the way we were raised. Plus back then, people got married earlier, started yeah. having kids earlier, started having families way earlier than we do now. My granny always said, don't put the cart before the horse. In other words, you need the horse to pull and lead. Why I put the cart there and don't have nothing to pull and lead? So kind of saying, why have why a get kid if you don't already have a, a husband a to help you? Yeah. yeah. And so we did get married. Um, and uh, we were married for almost 17 and a half years. Uh, and then we went through a very bitter, painful divorce. But God is good because now he and I are good. We were always friends. So we're still friends and we travel together back and forth to Atlanta uh, because what's important are our children and uh, our grandson that we so share. At that time, it's 1984 when Janae was born. Mm -hmm. What was it like to be young like that and have a kid? Well, I was working full time and I wasn't a young 25. And plus, back I had. Then, I, I'm sorry, but back then, I don't feel like the 20s were as young as they are now. I feel like 25 mature now is way younger than 25 in the 70s and 80s. It was. Yeah. And and uh, then I went to WKU, uh, went to JCC. That's I worked. Western Kentucky University, if anyone doesn't know. Uh, worked full time at the hospital, one of the hospitals in the city, and I worked the emergency room. So I was working the emergency room, uh, had uh, a child and was going to the community school uh, paid for by the hospital where I worked. So, yeah, and I had left my parents home. Um, How old were you when you left your parents home? You, did you ever live by yourself? Never lived. I never lived alone, listeners, until both of my children were grown. And then uh, I feel like that's kind of that's pretty normal for your age group. And I had to get used to living alone because uh, Will was he had left and was gone to school. Janae was home going to Presbyterian Seminary. Uh, and uh, so we were in a house that had a basement and I wasn't scared. But I had to learn to get used to the noises. Yeah. And I remember I would put a glass bottle in front of the door. So if somebody opened it, it would fall. Oh, yeah, that was there, yeah. Yeah, it would fall on the ground and yeah. break or I would hear it at least. But Isn't it crazy how things have changed so much that 
for your age group and like your era, y'all was used to not really living on your own that much. And y'all didn't move around as young people and we did get a whole lot of different relationships necessarily. But in this day and age today, like I look at my group, we're like millennials and not like millennials, how older people think everyone under 40 is a millennial, like millennials that are born between like 83 and 94. So our age group, we're used to moving around a whole lot. Like me and my friends, and y'all hear him, y'all. He started crying. I think he wants uh, his uncle. Come here. Let's but give him to his in uncle. Our, um, in our age group, we move around a lot more. We move for jobs, definitely. What's up, man? What's up, man? We move for jobs a whole lot more. And in my age group, because I'm 60 years old, so for my age group, if we were to look for a job out of town, we would go to the library and we would pull that newspaper for that city and for that state and look for a job. The difference is I will go on those job websites and I can look for jobs. So it's so much easier. Right. And then I also have the opportunity where I can look up like the median salary for that city, the cost of living. Like rent costs for that apartment. Y'all couldn't really do that. No. So moving is a lot easier now and but, it's more common, but it's difficult as heck because now we got a lot more we have to think about when moving. But you all, y'all was told and taught to like get married younger, start families younger, get a job, stay on the job. To, like now, I have so many friends. Like, think about it. I've moved, I've lived in three different places in the last. Uh, seven years or something like that and lived in too many different apartments and all of that. And my first job, I can say, when I started my first job, I was 18 years old. Where? At Methodist Evangelical Hospital <laughs> in Louisville, Kentucky. She said Louisville. She didn't say Louisville. We said it right. Louisville. I started on April the 4th of 1980. And I worked there until August of 1999. That's crazy. So we didn't move around, but because it was a hospital, I was able to move throughout the different departments in the hospital. And the reason I left is because I got called into ministry. So I left and I went to Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, got a divorce, left Southern, went to Spalding University, which is in Louisville, Kentucky, got my degree in social work, and then began my career there. So no, we weren't taught to move around. When your when our parents said to us, I want you to get out there and I want you to, to experience life and do different things. It wasn't as much as I need you to get on a bus or a plane yeah. and go to California. It was leave mommy and daddy's home, mama's home, granny's home, auntie's home, or whomever. And I will have to say that my family consisted of my uh, sister-in-law, my nieces and nephews. Uh, I had my brothers, my aunt. And for years, I thought my aunt was my blood relative when in actuality, she was married into the family because her husband worked for the fire department. So we never saw him. And uh, I always saw my aunt Mary Agnes. So I will say that I had a lot of strong, positive women uh, my mother, who I never got along with, but she was a strong, positive woman. My Aunt Marianus, uh, my Aunt Geneva, 
uh, and my bassist who lived here bassist. in Atlanta, bassist. bassist, and her name is was she's deceased, but it was really Mary Evelyn Trice or Mary Evelyn Dickerson. They had longer names back then. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and and a lot of them were quite influential in my life, and I believe that when I got married, uh, it was for uh, life. And uh, I never wanted. I know my kids told me uh, that when they told their parent, when they told their friends in school, my our parents is getting a divorce. What did you all say? Well, everybody was shocked. Yeah, that y'all's parents because he we were friends. Well, that was more of the people at church, not yeah. Well, and we were friends, but uh, life goes on, and you gotta continue to grow and pursue. And Will and I were just sitting up here talking about how change is inevitable. But also how change is difficult sometimes. It's, it's the weirdest thing life has to offer. Yeah, change. and and it's inevitable again. And like the older you get, sometimes you get caught in a rut and it's hard to change. But I told him, I said, at age 60, I want more than what I have and I won't settle for anything less. And I know that God has opened some doors for me right now that truly are blowing my mind. And knowing that my children live in Atlanta is really blowing my mind. And today I drove in Atlanta for the first time. I feel like a big girl. That's why I let her drive. <laughs> and it's during the holiday, so it ain't too crazy. Right. And he sat in the back seat with the baby, mm-hmm. screaming in holiday. Change is weird. I didn't think that a year and a half ago I'd be sitting here during the holidays with a baby with my nephew on my lap. Then I totally get what people mean when they say how a baby changes everything and brightens everything. up. Everything. I can be having a crappy day. And I'll go over there and hold him, and everything has changed. Babies everything. are worrisome, but it's crazy how great yeah. they are. Change is weird. You just don't, no one can prepare you for change. People can tell you, yeah, this is what I did when I got out of college or moved here, but everybody's experience is different. So just going through changes, we're getting older, seeing friends get married, have babies, having to move away to different places, people passing away, people go through health problems. People just go through the regular everyday life things. People just buy houses, move across the country or whatever it is, take new jobs. It can be weird just to get used to it because growing up, the biggest sometimes the biggest thing was going to a new school. Just and, transferring to a new school was crazy. And you know, I just I had just told Will, I said, so Janae and her husband had the baby in July. So I have been down here every month since July for about a week. So here's another thing, parents. It's a nice thing to know that your children want to be bothered with you (laughs) because that don't always happen. But I told them, I said, okay, I said, I'm not complaining. I said, but sometimes it's a little bit more challenging than I wanted to be maneuvering these airports alone, even in Atlanta, because the first time I had to maneuver that airport, the whole time, the first time I said, okay, this is going to be my checking point right here. This is a landmark. This is a landmark and I'll find my way. So we'll pick me up from the airport, the eve of and Christmas she was Eve. Not where she was supposed to be. He said, you on the wrong side. I said, I'm on N2. That's where I get dropped off. I will sit here and wait for you. I don't care if it and takes you an hour. Yes, I was not going to budge. But, <laughs> I know Atlanta airport. but here's the thing. 
that, you know, when we get a raise, that's a change. We're excited about it. And then we have more money coming in. So we're able to afford other things. That's wonderful. Right. You get a promotion on a job. That's wonderful. I have worked in nonprofit. I've worked in corporate. I love corporate money, but I like nonprofit work, uh, how we stick to the mission. I love, I've had to uh, leave two churches that I loved and adored, but it was all a part of the change and it was what God was doing in my life. But it wasn't just for me. It was also for my children because even for Will, he had a difficult time leaving St. Stephen Church in Louisville Mm -hmm. to go to Canaan. But when he got to Canaan, he grew even more. So that also was also schools too, schools and churches at the exact same time. Right. And changes is difficult. It's hard. I was mad at you too. He was (laughs) mad. And I remember one of the deacons, Bill Button, Bill Button said, Sylvia, just leave him alone. When he's ready, he will make that change himself. So one thing that I have learned is don't fight against the change because that is truly a blessing as well. Mm -hmm. And when you are the most afraid Go ahead and allow your faith, your courage to kick in and look backwards at where God has brought you from to where you are now. He'll get you through that as well. One thing I've learned is about um, <laughs> about change and fear is everybody is scared of stuff. The only difference is there's a certain group of people who don't allow fear to dictate what they're going to do. So a Jay-Z, a Beyonce... Um, a Martin Lawrence or whatever your favorite celebrity or a successful person is in your life, they was also scared. They was really scared to make the move, but they didn't allow fear to dictate it. And that was me. I used to be so scared to fly that I'm like, I'll just drive. But I'm like, if I have the money now and I can fly, yes, I'm going to be nervous every single time. I'm nervous to fly every single time, but so are a lot of people. And I just won't allow fear to dictate it. And then when it's over, I'm like, all right, I did it. And then it's a great story to tell about being scared of something. But I mean, I was scared to move to Florida in the first place. I was scared as a kid to go to a new school, a new church. I was scared when Janae left to go to college as well. I was scared moving to a new apartment and area of the city. But literally everything that I was ever scared of came my biggest blessing from it, to be honest. And that's the way we need to look at it. And, you know, um, because I always used to tell my kids when I used to work with the youth ministry, first grade prepared you for second grade, second grade prepared you for third grade. In the second grade, my fa- my father put back my oldest brother, Daryl, who is no longer with us. And, and truly, he was the patriarch of our family Definitely. and my my sounding board, He's my listening. you all the time. <laughs> and then... Uh, he put, he put him back and my brother Rod because he said they weren't ready. God will never promote you until you're ready. You might not think you're ready, but God knows that you're ready for the promotion. And so, uh, you know, we get big and bad about certain things. But when I heard a, uh, I heard a minister say one time, I love God. I'll follow God everywhere. I'll do whatever God tells me to do. And then she said, all she had in her purse was a hundred dollars. And God said, put that money in that bucket. And she said, is that you God? (laughs) So we always have to have to realize and be very discerning that with elevation and promotion, 
that it is a challenge for us. Mm-hmm. And I, I said when Janae had D3 and the first time they sent me uh, a picture of Will holding him, I said, I told Janae in the picture, I texted her and I said, tell Will to relax and loosen up because it was like he it was, was like frozen. The first time I was driving. Yeah. I was so nervous. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, let me just, let me take this, this giant leap. And let me get past that. I was scared. So, yeah. Yeah. Every all the biggest blessings in my life have come from a time of uncertainty and of being kind of fearful and and you know, something just came to me because I've been dealing with something for the last two days. Sometimes we think that when people don't do things the way that we do them, mm-hmm. that they're not doing them right. right. That's just the way they know how to do them. And we have a different way of doing them, but we're all there accomplishing the same task, the same feat. So uh, what's that song? Make that change. So yeah, yeah, make what that change. That? I don't know. Don't be trying to front me. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a song, and it's sung by Jennifer Hudson, and it's Make That Change. So, yeah, we got to say, make that change. And we'll, we were also talking about uh, music. And uh, I know that music speaks to me on so many different ways. Jazz relaxes me. Uh, Earth, Wind & Fire, give me some Frankie Beverly and Maze. That relaxes me. I like my gospel music. Sometimes when I'm feeling down, I need to find, I need to get to a place. uh, And my gospel music helps me. And then sometimes, uh, as I said in Will's uh, new apartment right now, it's homey. He's got some lights. This is the first time my child has not put up a Christmas tree, but it's because he was going through this transition. But he's got some lights on the floor up under his patio door. And uh, I said, I think I'm going to do that. Hey, parents listening, (laughs) we can learn some stuff from our children. So I just want to say that I'm grateful that my son wanted to do a podcast with me. I thank God for this time and I thank him for this change. Yeah, shout out. V3, say bye. He's just staring at me. (laughs) He's staring at his grandma. I just want y'all to know that I love you guys. I appreciate everybody for continuing to listen. I pray for nothing but blessings for everybody in 2020. And uh, shout out to Mom Dukes, been on the podcast today. Anything you want to say? I want to say thank you, son. Happy New Year to everybody. And I pray that God's blessings knock you over. Love you guys. Peace out. Drink more liquor. Eat more chicken. Be blessed. (laughs)